Someday When I'm awfully low Right. When the world is Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. It is Monday morning. Uh, and that means my dad's going to call in and tell a joke a little bit later on. We're uh, going to talk about uh, some of the worst band names of all time and some of the weirdest jobs that actually exist and more. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. If you would like to join us, we would love to hear from you. That's the Team Hotberg phone line, 312-981-7200. Very excited to welcome my my guest to the show here. Um, He's a former executive producer of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and uh, has written a book called Behind the Curtain, and it offers a never-before-seen inside look at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno how it came together from the monologue to the guest bookings. Um, lots of great highlights in this book and um, some behind-the-scenes things that we did not know about. The author is named Dave Berg. Uh, and uh, let's say hello to Dave. Hello, Dave. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, for regular listeners of this show, they know that I'm kind of obsessed with late-night uh, TV. Uh, and I have been for a very, very long time. Um, and... Uh, and I've been watching the Tonight Show forever. I've been watching uh, all the all the late night shows. I just love them. Uh, and just yeah. so you know, I'm kind of in awe of WGN. I grew up in Chicago. Oh, uh, which was the great station that carried the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, for many years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and now we carry the Sox. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm gl- I'm glad that you're uh, you're 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 from the hometown. Uh, when did you leave Chicago? Oh, gosh, it has to, maybe, do I have to tell you? Probably 30 years ago. <laughs> I see. All right. Um, so how does one get into uh, late-night television? How, some, from your perspective. Pro- probably nobody did it the way I did it. Okay. So, so I, I don't know how to, how to answer that. I, I basically, I wanted to be Paul Harvey. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe some of your listeners remember Paul. and you Absolutely, do. of course. Uh, that's what I wanted to be, right? And I even had the chance to, as a kid, as a teenager, my dad knew somebody. I got to sit in on his radio broadcast. Wow. And I was so intimidated. Um, I, 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 when he asked me questions, I, I couldn't answer him. That's how in awe I was. But the, the bottom line was I couldn't get a job in Chicago to save my soul. Mm. I, I, I couldn't get a job at the Tribune, at any of the stations, because everyone said, you, you know, you're not ready for it. That was what I wanted to be. So what I did is I just uh, I worked in television news, and I worked at every every market you can imagine throughout the Midwest, mm. and then ended up on the West Coast and at NBC News. And then I uh, ended up at the, the Tonight Show, uh, thanks to my wife. Thanks to your wife. What did she do? Well, uh, when NBC News fired me, and uh, that happens to a few people, probably not you, but <laughs> to some people, they get fired in our business. Yeah. And uh, she said, uh, well, you know, why don't you... Uh, why don't, uh, you know, there's this new show, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. It's going to be starting up in three months. Why don't you go down and talk to Jay? Right? <laughs> I said, yeah, sure, honey. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> right? Which is, and that's what we always tell our wives. And, and of course, um, um, 
uh, she 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 wouldn't let go. I mean, every hour she would call me because I was still working there. Yeah, and um, um, uh, and, and finally, I just, just to sort of appease her, I I went down and actually did go down to the Tonight Show office, and they were looking for someone that had a news a news background. Okay, so it was like the the easiest you know the easiest job I ever got, the hardest job I ever did. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah. How you do, so you got to you got to thank your wife. There's, I mean, there's more to the story. I didn't want to, I didn't want to belabor it, but it's a pretty incredible story. Yeah, yeah. So it led to how long? How long were you with the Tonight Show? The, uh, Twenty years. Wow, that's a lot. Of, boy, that's a run right yeah. there. Yes. Oh wow! Now, did you did you you started right when Jay took over? Yes. And I, I felt like a you know a square peg in a round hole because again I had been a uh, a news reporter and well I'd done everything in television news um, and and radio news um, but I didn't know the first thing about entertainment so I, I didn't have if you looked at my rolodex there were no names in you know you know in the entertainment category I could tell you anything about the political world. But I had I had no background in in that area, so um, I felt like okay, I'm kind of faking it here. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, and so what I did is I pitched. I kept pitching guests in areas that they had they were not used to. And Johnny Carson maybe had ten political guests in thirty years. Right. You know, I kept pitching those types of guests because that's who I had in my Rolodex. Yeah. Right, and uh, but it, but it was unknown at that time. You go back to 1992, um, and and then when finally um, I I was able to book Bob Dole. Oh, right? okay. Pre- presidential candidate Bob Dole, right? Yeah. And people watched. Mm. Right, and so every time I would pitch these guests because they had not been on late night. Right. Um, they, they kept resonating, and so I, I just kept, it just kept working. And then I thought, well, okay, so we should be doing more like Super Bowl quarterbacks and star baseball players and, and, and star basketball players and, and all these people that had not usually been on late night. Mm-hmm. And so that was my little angle because I didn't know any. That's all I had in my, my Rolodex. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. But it, it, changed, the, it, it changed the bookings, though, right? Kind of changed the landscape, yeah. Because those guests resonated. Yeah, wow, that's great. Um, and this is uh, Dave Berg, uh, former executive producer of the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. His book is called Behind the Curtain. Uh, Dave, hold on, okay? Yeah. All right, Dave Berg is with us, uh, Chicagoan, fan of this radio station. Very cool. Uh, we got a lot of highlights from this book to talk about, and some of the other appearances and things that happened on the to the Tonight Show. Uh, with Jay Leno, uh, and the book is called Behind the Curtain. More with Dave Berg coming up right here on 720 WGN. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. 
uh, live in the uh, Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to the TV side over at Bradley Place of WGN. And uh, here's some uh, great news and information from that group. And then Bob Surratt has your morning drive at 5. It is Monday. That means my dad's going to call in later and tell a joke because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Right now, my guest is Dave Berg. Uh, he's an author and former executive producer of The Tonight Show. His book, Behind the Curtain, offers a whole never-before-seen inside look at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, where uh, Dave spent 20 years, and uh, we welcome Dave back. Hello, Dave. Hello. All right. Let's talk a little bit about... Now, you mentioned sports. Yeah. Um, and uh, some, of the, some, of the, some of the guests that you've had in the sports world. Uh, you know who was... Uh, Terry Bradshaw, um, uh, who was incredibly entertaining. Now, he, I understand, made the most guest appearances? You're absolutely right. Yeah, ter- Terry was on 60 times. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. It was. And, and the, the, the really funny thing is about, uh, about that is that in the early days, Jay was very hesitant to have sports guests on because he wasn't knowledgeable about sports yeah he only knew there was only one sport he knew a lot about which was boxing oh okay he was, he was fascinated with boxing because his his father had been a boxer oh and he was fascinated with the idea that there could there could there was only one number one i see right? you were yeah. either you were either number one or you were a loser in boxing right and jay and, had, you, and jay had the correct chin for boxing yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Leading with my chin is exactly. how he put it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but other than that, he didn't know anything. So he was a little nervous because he thought that um, you know he wasn't knowledgeable. He couldn't talk about sports, and 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 it took me a while to kind of convince him that you, you know what you're actually on the same page as professional athletes. They believe the same as you do which is you work hard you keep uh you you keep you get knocked to the floor and you get up and you keep fighting until until you win yeah and and i said they have the same worth work ethic as you you don't really have to know too that much about sports and whatever you don't know i'll fill you in yeah yeah well and also it also helps that terry bradshaw is unbelievably entertaining you know what i mean like he he it's it's he's not just strictly sports. You don't have to talk about football only with Terry Bradshaw because he's just so funny. Bingo! Yeah. You hit it on the head. Yeah. Right? They became very good friends and they became competitive. Right? They would try to outdo each other uh-huh. every time Terry would come on, and uh, they would try to one up each other, and so it became a sort of friendly uh, competition. And and the other thing is Terry was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was seeing. I mean, he was seeing a a a, a, a counselor. He, he he. But 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 he was able to capitalize on that, and and he worked for an athlete. He had a very comedic sense, as you've just pointed out. Yeah, he worked on his material, and he was really one of the funniest guests. Yeah, and again, they tried to outdo each other, and and one night, one night Terry was on. Yeah. And uh, his fly was down, <laughs> right? And I thought, I, how is Jay going to handle this? You know, <laughs> is he going to do the right thing and you know tell him during the commercial break, or is he going to do what they normally do, which is to sort of you know sort of um, 
go after him. So sure enough, before the commercial break, he said, hey, Terry, I just want to give you, you some advice. You know, when we come back in the next segment, your fly is down. <laughs> that was the kind of way things went, and it worked really well. Yeah. Wow. And I never saw that coming. Never saw that coming. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's, that is really funny. How did Terry uh, respond to that? He, he, you know, he took it in, in good fun. Yeah. But well, he got back at Jay in his own way. Oh, he did? Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were always getting back at each other. <laughs> well, he's a, a very entertaining guy and a, and a, and a really, uh, as you know, I mean, if he appeared on the show 60 times, he's a great guest. You know? Yes. So, no question about it. The other world of sports, another guy who's hilarious is Charles Barkley. Tell me about the experience of having Charles Barkley on. Well, I have to tell you, I've always said this about Charles. I, I, I've actually been watching him during the uh, the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, my feeling about uh, Barkley is he's he has a natural sense of humor, and I always felt that he was as funny as the funniest funniest comedian who ever came on. Yeah. He made numerous appearances, and honestly, I don't think he did any preparation. He just had a natural sense of humor, and he was very good at self-deprecation. Yeah. Uh, he had a way of sort of making fun of himself, and he had a little rivalry going on with Tiger Woods with his golf game. Mm-hmm. He had a terrific way of, of sort of making fun of his golf game, and he was always trying to lose weight. Yeah. And um, I put him right up there with, I would compare him to any comedian. Yeah, he's hilarious. I, I've always thought that Charles Barkley was very, very, very funny. And, um, you know, I mean, he also hosted Saturday Night Live a couple of times and, and was great. You know, did, exactly. a, did a really great job. Exactly. But uh, he's just great to watch, um, you know, uh, d- during the, uh, you know, ba- basketball playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's so entertaining. Uh, yes. D- Dave Berg is with us. He's the author of uh, the book Behind the Curtain, was executive producer for 20 years at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Um, who were some of Jay's favorite guests? He liked um, his his absolute favorite was um, John, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And, and John Glenn. And jo- oh, John Glenn, yeah. Yes. Well, what was it about those guys specifically? What was it about uh, JFK Jr. that he... I, I think it's because um, it took me... Um, it, it took us so long to, to book John F. Kennedy Jr. It took me six years to get him to get him on. Wow. Because he didn't think he was good enough. He didn't think... he. he I mean, this guy represented American royalty more than anyone else yeah. at that time. Yeah. But he didn't think there was anything that he would say that anyone would have any interest in. Really? Yeah. Wow. It, it was it was so unbelievable. Wow. Um, but I, I just kept, you know, calling his publicist, and who, he had a magazine called George, a right. political magazine. Yeah, so yeah. You always try to get somebody, however, however you can get somebody. I'm sure you know how this works. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. However, uh, you will promote George Magazine. Okay, that's not working. Wait, you have a new book coming out. We'll promote the book, right? Right, right, right. right. Nothing's working for me. I'm trying to get him. Finally, the, the publicist doesn't answer the phone, but his assistant does. And she says, I'm a big fan of Jay Leno. Mm. Right? Yeah. So I go, 
oh, this is good. I can work with you, right? I can work with you. you are, you're a big fan of Jay Leno. We're a big fan of John Kennedy, So John Kennedy Jr. So I would call her every week, and we would exchange gossip. She would tell me about <laughs> the political world, and I would tell her about Hollywood. And finally, she said, I talked, I talked, um, I talked John into doing the show. And then it turned out to be uh, it turned out to be great the first time. Uh, honestly, I consider the appearance that he did the greatest appearance of of all the years that that Jay was on the air. And and he he was uh, he didn't really want to do it because the one night that he was ava- he he gave us one date that he was available. Yeah, and that was the night Jerry Seinfeld was supposed to be on on the last night of the Seinfeld show. Oh man. And so I, I told him, I said, the good news is, John, you know, the, the date is open. The bad news is the first guest slot is filled, and it's filled by Jerry Seinfeld. It's his last show, and I'm thinking, he's going th- to say, oh, I don't, I'm not going to go second to Seinfeld, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't say that. He says, Seinfeld's on? No way am I going to do that show. Who's going to want to watch me? yeah. And, and he, he said, I, I, I can't do it. And I said, no, 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 we can work something out. Please, we can work something out. He would only do it if he could talk only about Seinfeld, because he had been the subject oh, yeah. of a Seinfeld episode. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So he said, it, I ha- it has to all be all about Seinfeld, because nobody's going to care about me. Oh, that's funny. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. It, turned out to be an awesome episode because who do you think was the biggest fan of john f kennedy jr yeah jerry seinfeld, jerry seinfeld sure right yeah. so you, you like to have chemistry right well it, the chemistry couldn't have been better that night oh that was great all right listen uh hang on dave yeah all right dave berg is with us uh author former executive producer of the tonight show with jay leno and the book is called behind the curtain more highlights from the time that uh that Dave spent uh, with uh, Jay Leno on The Tonight Show right here on 720 WGN. All right. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. And uh, we are live in the Skyline studio. Um, and we're here until 4 o'clock. It's a Monday morning. And uh, that means my dad's going to call in and tell a joke. Because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. 312-981-7200. That's our number if you would like to join us. Um, Dave Berg is my guest right now. Author, former executive producer of The Tonight Show. Uh, his book is called Behind the Curtain, and he spent 20 years uh, working with Jay Leno and the people uh, at The Tonight Show, booking guests and doing much more. Uh, and let's say hello to Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. I, uh, can I hear one of your dad's jokes? Uh, well, he's going to tell it later. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to tell it later on. We usually have him on like right before the end of the show on uh, every Monday morning. So my dad's been okay. t- My dad's been telling jokes for his whole life. So I love it. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this. Um, there are some appearances that I definitely want to mention. Uh, God, the night of the Cheers finale. Oh, um, <laughs> what, 
you think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it they they had been drinking pretty much during because if I remember correctly, that was the night of the uh, the the series finale, and I if I remember correctly, it was a two hour episode, and they were you guys were live in Boston at the Real Cheers, the bar. Yeah, that that was the setting. The and, classic setting, yeah. And the cast had been drinking throughout the entire uh, two-hour episode, and so by the time yes. by the time it was it was time for them to go on, they were pretty much three sheets to the wind. Yes, yes. This is almost painful to talk about, <laughs> but there's an there's an odd twist to this story. How how it turned out? Okay. So um, uh, NBC decided it would be great to go live. From you know, this was the uh, this was the the night of the very last uh, episode of Cheers. Yep. We we went from the classic. Uh, what was the name of that bar? The saloon. I can't remember it, but anyway, it was from there was a, the saloon saloon on which the show was based. Right. And uh, I I had really strong misgivings about it, and had had advised against it. Yeah, so much so that I said I I really didn't want to go because I had had um, experience uh, from my days. I, I worked in television news throughout the Midwest. Yeah, and we used to do live shots, and of course you would do live shots uh, after a big, like the Super Bowl or something, yeah. and you would do a live shot from a bar, and it it always ended badly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yep, absolutely. There's nothing funny about people that are drunk in a bar. Except they think it's funny, but nobody else does. Right, <laughs> right, right. And and I, I just I I said, you know, I don't think we should do this. I don't think we should do this. And honestly, I I, I can't I can't be a part of this. So so I wasn't. But they did go ahead with it. And you you ha- I'm I'm not. You know, I don't want to besmirch all the the actors on Cheers, but they had been sitting around all day at this bar, and what do you do when you're sitting around at a bar all day? You just drink. Yep. Right? And they're, um, uh, so Jay does his monologue, and he does interviews with them, and they're not focusing, they're shooting spitballs. Right. Right? Just just like they were were doing on their own show. It wasn't disrespectful toward Jay, but they were just plain old drunk. Yeah. I remember. And, I remember watching it. I was like, I can't believe this is happening because I watched. Because I'm a, obviously like most people. I'm a huge Cheers fan, and I was very excited. Me too. Uh, me too. And and I was very excited for the finale, and I thought the finale was great. And then I was really looking forward to the to the interview. But wow, <laughs> it, it went south pretty quick. It went south. But here's the bizarre thing: what we did was that the stupidest thing we ever did, or the smartest thing we ever did, because it turned out. That the uh, that show brought in um, like I, I'm trying to remember it was in excess of 20 million viewers. Wow! I think. Wow. Um, let's see. Um, I can't remember. I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was the highest rated show we did in in the entire life of the show. Wow! So was that a brilliant move or <laughs> a, a dumb move? I, I don't know. Yeah. To this day, I don't know. Yeah. But it was a train wreck. It, it truly was. It truly was. I think Jay did the best he could. Yeah, you couldn't blame Jay. No, I mean the show was. He, he just didn't have control of it, and yep. there's no way he could get control. Yep, there's no question about it. But it was weird to watch. It really was strange. Yeah, um, and not not only was were the actors drunk, but everybody else was. The audience, <laughs> right? The audience they were was... just sitting around all day. Right. 
drinking. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. That's not good. No. That is not good. Well, it's, it was memorable. I'll say that. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Now here's another another appearance that we have to talk about. Now Robin Williams, you know, considered by many to be one of the greatest. Uh, late night guests that you could have possibly had, um, and he would just—he was on all the time. Didn't need a yes, script. Didn't need anything. And uh, people, no. people loved him. Now I didn't know this. He broke his arm on an appearance on the show. Yeah, it wasn't even on the show. Oh, it wasn't. No, but he did break his arm. Well, how did that? What, yes. was, what happened there? Well, what what happened is uh, after the show. Every night when the show finished, Jay and the guests would come together and they would do a promo, which would air during prime time in NBC's programming to promote the the, uh, the upcoming show. Got it. Right. And they always did the promo in the area where the guest band played. So there was equipment all over the place, monitors, wires. It was, you know, uh, it, it was it was a dangerous place to be if you weren't watching where you were stepping. Right. And so what happened is they uh, they uh, went down to do the promo, including Robin, and he tripped over a monitor. Oh. And he fell and he broke his shoulder. Hmm. I mean, literally broke his shoulder. Oh man. But he stayed in character. So he gets up and he goes. He's, like, exaggerating that he's in pain. He's exaggerating. He's making it comedic. He's going, oh, this is so painful. But he's doing it in a comedic way. The audience is laughing. They think it's hysterical. Yeah. But he has broken his shoulder. We had an ambulance and immediately took him to St. Joseph's Hospital right next door to us. Right afterwards, yeah, and he and he ended up having a broken shoulder. Wow! And he cut the promo with a broken shoulder. Yes, oh. and he stayed true to he, he stayed in comedic form. Wow! Right, nobody knew that he was in in real pain. Wow, that's something. That's really something. How many times was Robin on the show? He, he was a, a frequent guest, correct? He was an absolute frequent guest. I don't have a number, but yeah. I'd have to say it's in it's 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 in ex, it's more than twenty, maybe thirty times. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that. Now, was he ever on uh, when when Jay was host? Was he ever on with uh, Jonathan Winters? Were they on together? Mm, uh, I'm trying. No. Okay. But but of course Jonathan Winters was his his inspiration. Oh yeah, I, I think that happened during the Johnny Carson years. Yeah, okay. I, but I but, know that Jonathan yeah. Winters was Jonathan Winters ever on with Jay? Yes, we did have Jonathan, and God bless Jonathan. But he was sort of losing it by yeah. at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just didn't know what he was going to say. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he was he was comedic to, till the end, but you just didn't know what was going to come out of that mouth. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It did get a little, um, it did get a little nutty towards the end there. Very, very, very nutty. Yeah. But but he was a comedic genius, of course. No question about it. Always, always had memorable appearances whenever he was on the the late night shows. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Dave, hang on, okay? Yeah. Dave is with us. Dave Berg, uh, who was executive producer of the Tonight Show for twenty years and is the author of the book Behind the Curtain. We got more highlights from the book and more uh, stories about working. On The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. This is great stuff. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. And we'll talk more with Dave right after this on WGN.
Live in the Skyline Studio here until 4 o'clock as we are every weekday morning, uh, night into the morning, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, at 4 o'clock, we head over to uh, Bradley Place for the TV side of WGN, get some uh, news and early morning news and information from them. And then the great Bob Surratt at 5 has your morning drive. 312-981-7200 is the phone number if you would like to join us. My guest is Dave Berg. He's an author and a former executive producer of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. You can follow him on Twitter at Tonight Show Dave. His book is called Behind the Curtain, and it's got like a never-before-seen inside look at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And we've got more highlights to talk about here. Uh, spending 20 years with The Tonight Show is Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, and if I may say, he is the great Bob Surratt. Oh, he is great, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have him as our morning drive guy. Yeah. Very exciting, very exciting. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, some of the other things that had happened on the uh, on the show. Uh, and then I want to get into, let's talk a little bit, actually, first, let's talk a little bit about the late-night wars. You started with Jay Leno in 1992, um, and that was right around the time the late night wars began uh you know yes. with, with letterman going to cbs yeah. and uh, yeah. all the other stuff happening tell me uh, what it was like to be a, like on the front lines during the late night wars uh, well i think you just described it it was like being on the front lines yeah and from the moment that we started the press had um had taken the approach that um uh, David Letterman was the heir apparent to Johnny Carson right. because Johnny had said that he, he he preferred David. Well, of course, Johnny was not the president of NBC. Right. Johnny had just said he preferred David. Um, but the press had felt that you know that that job was rightfully David Letterman's, and that uh, uh, Jay, Jay Leno had had no right to, to take it, and wasn't in the same league as David Letterman. And that's what we were dealing with. There right. was a very hostile environment uh, with the television critics, and we felt like we were in the bunkers. And you, you sort of. Uh, it, it was it was that kind of environment from the very very beginning, and you sort of form a sort of um, it's it's it, I I I don't want to say it's like uh, you know we are in the bunkers and it's like you're in a battle in a real war because it's not like that but you sort of feel like that yeah. Yeah. Now, what would the relationship between? Because you know, uh, uh, Dave and Jay were good friends, and uh, Jay Leno appeared on Letterman's show many, many, many times. Um, what was their relationship like during this? Um, they actually did have a great uh, relationship preceding the late night years when yeah. Jay was was one of one was David's favorite guest. They had come up. Um, in uh, the comedy clubs in Los Angeles. Right. And so they went way back. And, of course, it was Letterman and Jay and Robin Williams, uh, Arsenio Hall. I mean, there was, uh, you know, uh, just the, the halcyon days of stand-up comedy. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, so absolutely. The, yeah, but that all sort of went out, uh, that went out the window when Jay got the, the job because Letterman had felt that he himself, had felt that the job was rightfully his. Yeah. 
he felt and and he was very upset and he he never got over it it was and honestly the the late night wars was really more about david being upset we weren't upset and i don't know why david was upset he had a great gig at cbs yeah but he never ever ever except for the first two years he did very well in the first two years he was number one, but from that point going forward, we were number one. We got the numbers, yeah, and um, and and it it just rubbed David the wrong way. He never got over it, and it doesn't matter. I mean, he had the press on his side; they called him the king of late night. But it doesn't matter. The only thing that counts is the numbers. Yeah, and we true. had the numbers. Yeah, after the first two years, and so the late night wars that continued. Where does where does Conan O'Brien fit into all this? Well, you had, uh, after about five years or so, uh, Conan O'Brien, who, um, I guess I have to choose my, choose my words carefully here. Yeah. Who came off as a really likable guy, but um, he hired an agent that was, you know, basically straight out of hell. Oh, I see. Who, who came and, and played hardball with, at that time, the president of NBC, a name people may be familiar with, Jeff Zucker, yeah. now the president of CNN, yep. and basically said, you know, if, uh, if, uh, if you don't work out a deal that uh, Conan gets the, the, the late-night slot, uh, we're walking. Which I always thought was hysterical. Where was he going to walk to? Yeah. Where, where, the, where was he going to go? Yeah. Right, but at any rate, um, um, Jeff Zucker made a deal with him and said, "Okay, in five years, the job is yours." He made the decision before consulting with with Jay. Okay, and so Jay was essentially fired. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, but and then it, it they gave Jay the primetime slot, preceding the Tonight Show for that short period of time when Conan was the host. Well, they they gave. You're absolutely right. They gave Conan the Tonight Show. Yeah. And Zucker figured, uh-oh, what did I just do? Because Leno has been number one, right? He's, I mean, over that five-year period, yeah. his ratings just kept getting stronger. And, and Zucker figured out, wait a minute, um, there's ABC. And ABC wanted Jay in a big way. They did. I know they did. I, I had a, a friend, an executive at ABC, who gave me a tour of the studio where we would be. Uh, they had already built a studio for Jay. Wow. Right? And I toured the studio, right? So that was for real. Oh. And, um, um, but uh, Zucker, just out of desperation, decided, okay, all right, let's give Jay Leno the primetime slot, and which was a disaster. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. here we are going up against, you know, uh, these uh, um, slick shows that, that are spending $4 million a week like Lost. Right, right. Right, and we're doing our sh show that costs 750000 a week, and we just... Didn't com couldn't compete with them. Yeah, but at the same time, Conan, within the first two weeks, we had held the number one slot. I'm a little biased, so get, cut me a little slack here. Yeah, we had held the number one slot for 15 years, mm -hmm. and Conan managed all on his own 
to uh, slip to number two within two weeks. Wow. After we were off the air. Wow. Uh, and then, then we went to the primetime slot, and it was just we didn't do well, and he didn't do well. It was a disaster. Yeah. So they had to fix it. So NBC had to fix it, and they put Jay back in. Right, and Conan got bent out of shape. Yeah. Um, Conan didn't like the arrangement that, that we made. Um, the idea was that we would be on the air for a half hour preceding Conan yeah. at 11.30 Eastern, 10.30 Central. And then Conan would be on for an hour from, you know, midnight to 1 p.m. But he felt that wasn't good enough, so he turned it down. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was an interesting time. Okay, uh, Dave, yeah. hang on. Hang on, Dave. Yeah. All right, Dave Berg is with us, uh, who is the author of Behind the Curtain, was executive producer for 20 years at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Um, many more stories to talk about here. 312-981-7200. And we'll get back to the conversation. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, uh, live in the Skyline studio here. Dave Berg is my uh, is my guest, uh, author on a former executive producer on, on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. The book is called Behind the Curtain, and uh, tons of great stories about what it was like to work for 20 years on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Uh, and hello, Dave. Hi. Hey, thanks for being with us. We appreciate this. Thank you, Nick. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about uh, some of the athletes that uh, that appeared uh, on the Tonight Show. We've got uh, we got to mention Mark Grace. Uh, you know, being being from Chicago and being a Cubs fan, Mark Grace was one of my favorite Cubs. Um, what was it like to and mine? Uh, okay, that it must have been really nice to have him on the show. Tell me about what it was like to have uh, Mark and what was the story like. Well, we uh, we did a week of shows in Chicago. Yes. And which was the, the highlight of my career because I was able to book, you know, the Chicago Cubs, you know, all the big names, Harry Carey, the Chicago Bears, the Bulls. Yeah. They were all on. Yeah. So I was in, in my, my heyday. But my, the highlight of that whole time was to be able to book Mark Grace, who was, you know, my favorite Cub yeah. at the time. Yeah. And but I don't know if I would have been able to to, to get him on, but um, yeah, I, I uh, and so we we uh, we brought him out, and the idea was for him to break the Billy Goat curse, right? <laughs> so we had uh, I think was it Sam Cianis's yep. nephew? I'm trying to remember with the Billy Goat, yeah. Um, and hey, maybe we did break the curse because in 2016 it kind of worked out. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, so was it was it fun to have Mark on? Was he was he a good guest? Yeah, and it, and it was partly because I it was it was I I thought it was fun to see him being in awe of being there with you know like Oprah you know yeah and, and others when I thought well wait you're a big star in your own right yeah now were these were these uh, episodes were they was that at the Chicago Theater yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, we had a huge, I don't know what that holds, but it, I don't know, several thousand. Yeah. No, that's a big theater. That's a big theater, yeah. especially for, uh, you know, for, for doing a late night talk show. Yeah. Wow. So you spent a week um, in Chicago at the, at, at the uh, those must have been fun times for you. Oh, it was, it was awesome because, I, I, as I said, I was able to get all, the te- all three teams on. That's great. That's great. And I, I, and I bet the crowds were, were really uh, uh, responsive. There's nothing better than uh, a good crowd in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Especially, no, when, they you were, have... especially when you have um, the, the, um, the, their sports heroes on. Right. Yeah, they'll go nuts. We, we, love, our yeah. spo- we love our sports, yeah. as you know. We love yeah. our sports here in Chicago. Yes. So, well, that's fun. Uh, what about uh, doing other uh, other you know like not just Chicago? Where else did you tra- Where did you where, where else did you go on the road to do shows? Um, New York. We went to Las Vegas a, a number of times. And what was that like? I, I don't. I didn't like Las Vegas because it was just um, you're in the casino and it's it's always loud. Yeah. Right. I mean, I. Uh, in some respects, it was it was it was a lot of fun, but it was just noisy. I, I don't do well in that environment. Yeah, well, yeah. I wish I had a more exciting story. Yeah, no. Vegas is. I've never been to Vegas, but uh, because I don't, yeah. I don't gamble. Um, but uh, from all reports, it's just real bright and real loud. Because they, they got yeah, I mean, and it, it just never goes away when you're working there. Yeah, and you can, it's because they got to keep everybody awake so that they can, can, can so they can <laughs> yeah. continue gambling. That's what it is. Right. So um, now, were there any guests that were banned that not were not asked to come back? Were there any sort of like guests that went so poorly that they were either edited from the show or they were banned? I don't. I don't. You know, those are harsh words. We did have a falling out with Howard Stern. Okay, well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> not surprised by that for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you knew what my answer was going to be, or if you were just throwing that question out. No, I was just throwing the question out. I didn't know. Okay. Who. Yeah. Yeah. No, Howard Stern had been a big supporter of ours, and we had very few supporters. Yeah. Very few. Yeah. Uh, because you you know again the TV critics felt that uh, that uh, late night belonged to. To David Letterman, right. and how dare we take that? And I had already talked about that. But Howard Stern was a supporter of Jay's, and Jay was, did Howard Stern regularly, and and Howard did uh, our show regularly. But Howard always like Howard was sort of was, uh, on a t- trajectory. You know how if you you uh, you make a splash by outdoing yourself, yeah, you do something that's outrageous. So the next time you have to do something. Even right. more outrageous, right? right? Yeah, and, and that's, that that's, was, that's Howard's M.O., too. Exactly. Yeah. So he had a new book coming out, and he decided he was going to really, really make a big splash. Now, you have to go back in time to the mid-'90s to understand what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. What Howard did, and didn't tell, I, I, didn't, I didn't personally work with Howard. Yeah. I didn't produce his segments, um, but what he did was he decided he was going to stage a first in late-night television, the first lesbian kiss on network television. Oh, man, Howard. Which is, doesn't mean anything today, I know. Yeah. yeah. Right? So he he sneaked a couple of strippers into his dressing room and hid them in the bathroom. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. right? So he 
he comes out on on stage, you know, they talk a little bit about his book, and he said, Jay, we have a uh, a big surprise for you tonight. And let me tell you something about Jay, and this is true of all hosts. I under- he doesn't like surprises. Yeah, I understand that. I totally understand that. <laughs> right? If you're because be, when you're the host, you're the general of yep. the show, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in charge, right? Right. right. So out come these two, you know, lesbians, quotes, and they do a kiss, and then they sit on his lap, and he spanks one of them, and Jay's sort of looking over at us, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he he just, he actually walked off the set. Jay did? Yeah. Wow. Now, he came back, right, and we recorded it. Nobody knew about that. Yeah. And the, the, the director, to her credit, filmed it in such a way as you didn't see. Yeah. You really didn't see the kiss directly, and you didn't see the girls being spanked. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but it wasn't good, and um, and we, at that point, our good, friendly relationship with Howard Stern broke off. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay. Uh, Dave, hang on, okay? Yeah. All right. Dave Berg is with us. Wow, what's some amazing stories. I'm not surprised that Howard would pull a stunt like that. Uh, he's an author and a former executive producer of The Tonight Show. The book is called Behind the Curtain. More with Dave Berg coming up here on 720 WGN. All right. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Having a great time talking with Dave Berg. So many great memories and stories. He spent 20 years executive producer of The Tonight Show, wrote the book Behind the Curtain, and has so many stories about what it was like to work with Jay Leno on that show. Uh, Dave, thanks for hanging out with us. I love doing it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, So let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, some of the other things that happened on the show. Angie Hartman got uh, proposed and got engaged on the show. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's uh, the the that was cool because um you know, I uh, honestly I I um uh, my uh, favorite medium has always been radio. Okay. That's where I started and I always liked it and because you you have a chance to be spontaneous in radio. Right. Right? Like I don't know any of the questions you're going to ask me. Right. Right, but that that never happens in television, right? And so spontaneity is uh, is really a rare thing, right? And um, so uh, Angie comes on, and she doesn't know we had all we had worked out with her uh, fiance, who's Jason Seahorn, who at that time was a big New York Giants uh, football star, right? And and he came out. I mean, she came out to do her segment. And um, I'm trying to remember, again, I didn't expect this question. Jay kept asking her about her boyfriend, what's her relationship, and she's starting to get uh, irritated, right? Why, <laughs> yeah. do you keep, why are you asking me about Jason? I, I'm, I'm not here for Jason. Why are you asking me about him? <laughs> right. And she's actually getting, um, uh, she's actually getting uh, annoyed. Yeah. Um, and uh, Elton John is out there at the same time. <laughs> And uh, and uh, and and he's teasing her. He's going, "Why don't you want to talk about him? Is he gay?" <laughs> right? 
it, it was it was hysterical. But the problem is, she's starting to get upset. So right um, about that time, Jason came out and proposed to her, and it was I mean the the look of surprise in oh, her yeah. face. Mm-hmm. You can't duplicate that, and it was incredible for me because, as I said, when you're in television, there are very few moments of spontaneity. Yeah. Well, it was a very memorable moment, i got to tell you. Yeah. yeah. It was a, a special moment for all of us, Yeah, including imagine. Angie. I, I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, uh, too bad the marriage didn't last, right. but that's, an, <laughs> yeah. that's another story. Right. <laughs> that's right. Well, it is a Hollywood marriage, so, you yeah. know. That's that's uh, that that might happen. Hey, uh, who came up with the dancing Edos? We're going to go back to the '90s again. Um, as, as everybody knows, Lance Edo was the judge during the O.J. Simpson trial, uh, and then you had the dancing Edos. Well, how did that come to to pass? Yeah, I'll, I'll, actually, that's a really good question because um, there's a, there's another layer to that question, and that is at that time Letterman was number one. Got it. And and the press is coming down on Jay. He's just milk toast. He's he he doesn't have the comedic chops of of David Letterman. And Jay decides, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This O.J. Simpson trial is nothing but a circus, and we should portray it that way. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to portray it. And by the way, Jay has a lot of inside information coming from the cops. Okay. Right? And he knew from them that O.J. Simpson was guilty as hell. Mm-hmm. So he had no issues with, you know, well, we have to let this play out in the courtroom. Right? He, he portrays this from the beginning that O.J. Simpson is guilty as hell. Yeah. And that kind of resonated because most people felt that way. So he decides to portray this as the circus that it is, yeah. and it's becoming, and he came up with the dancing Edos. Wow. That's and cool. this was a bunch of dancers. We had a choreographer. They came out. They dressed like the judge, Judge Edo, who, who, by the way, was the biggest fan of the dancing Edos. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I, and and I, so, I, I just remember that took off. I mean, that was huge, the dancing Edos. It, 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 it basically set us on the way to number one. Our ratings just, you know, didn't quite move past to number one, but, but we were on the way because it showed Jay being edgy, which yeah. he didn't have a reputation right. for being edgy. Right. And, and uh, this turned it around. But, and, and again, even Judge Ito liked it, and so he actually called Jay and asked him if he would come down and perform for the jurors. <laughs> what? Which he did. He did. Yes. <laughs> did not know that. There, yeah. Did not know that. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. So the dancing Edos. How long? Uh, how long a run did the dancing Edos have? I mean, you know, the trial. Well, we milked that. that. Yeah. That had to. I, I'm just. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I'm thinking four to six months. Yeah. That doesn't. That were, seems about dancing, right. We went from that to the dancing Rodmans. <laughs> and, and all these other dancing, um, you know, the names, uh, each of the attorneys, uh, the, the the dancing Marsha Clarks, yeah. you know. So it turned into a whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. And all, it was all Jay's idea. That's pretty cool. That was all Jay. That's pretty cool. All right. Uh, how, how was Jay with animals? That's always become like a, 
you know, a late night trope right there is, you know, like bringing out an animal expert and having the animal on the desk and maybe the animal tinkles and, you know, weird stuff happens. Was Jay, was Jay happy about those uh, segments? The thing about animals, animals were our secret weapon. Okay. Um, whenever animals came on, it, it was, a, it was, the, the ratings were all, it was, the ratings went through the roof. Yeah. People loved the animals. Yeah. And so it, it, our problem was to cut back on, on the animals because we didn't want to overdo it. But every time animals came out, I'm trying to think of, I, I didn't expect this question or, or any of your questions, by the way. They're all good questions. <laughs> Thank you. But I can't remember the name of the Aussie that was the... Uh, uh, Steve Irwin. The, Steve Irwin, yeah. if you were to say, who was by far your most successful guest, it, it, I'm going to tell you was Steve Irwin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was, he was, his segments were always great. Now his son's doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Keeping the... And we had such a great relationship with Steve that when, when he died, Jay did an obit in Time Magazine for him. Oh, wow. And spoke at the funeral. Wow. Yeah, he uh, was but, he, memorable they guest. Were, uh, they were our secret weapon. Yeah. Yeah, the animals now, you know, did the animals start with Johnny, you know, and then everybody yes. everybody started doing animal segments then after Johnny took after it took off on uh, on the Tonight Show with Johnny. It, 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 that's right. And he did it with uh, the the guy from the Columbus Zoo. Um Yeah. Uh, Jim Jim um, but, Fowler. Yeah. No, it was another guy, but anyway. Okay. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. The, uh, those guys were stars in their own right. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, this, and and the reason is you never knew what the animals were going to do. That's exactly that's exactly what it was. It was you you were talking about earlier how difficult it is, uh, Dave, to, to 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 have spontaneity. Bring out an animal, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> or bring out a kid. You know what I mean? Right. You, you, you have, exactly. But the animals were better than the kids. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> I totally yeah. agree. Because the kids were actors, right? Right. And they weren't that spontaneous. Right. Right, right, but you know you don't know, you have no idea what an animal is going to do, and and right. the, and the result. And Johnny and Jay both handled it perfectly. They both did. Right. Um, that's really, really, and it's a tradition that's on every late night show. I mean, the, and it continues to this day. Yep, no question about it. Um, so, all right, Dave, uh, the book is uh, it's out there. It's available. It's called Behind the Curtain, correct? That's right. And I appreciate it. Yeah, behind the curtain, an insider's view of Jay Leno's Tonight Show. Okay, and it's available right now, and you can uh, be followed on Twitter at Tonight Show Dave. Tonight Show Dave. Uh, 20 years as executive producer of The Tonight Show. What a run, Dave. What a run. Uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. Well, it was, it's was. it been just a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, you know, I happen to be a huge, huge fan of late night uh of late night shows and uh and obviously the granddaddy of them all is the tonight show so um dave thank you so much and thank you nick okay take care that's dave berg from chicago in fact which we discovered he is a chicagoan um and uh, the book is called behind the curtain he spent 20 years on the tonight show with jay leno what great stories what a lot of fun that was okay uh we thanks dave we thank dave all right, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. It's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN.